0: This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we will recap UFC on ESPN, Vera vs. Sandhagen. we got a short episode for you this week, so last but not least, we'll hit you with our segments, Isn't He Awesome? and Real Good Callouts. Might talk a little bit Final Four, March Madness action, and spot it. So here we go.
1: here we go we are back for a another episode um got a recap no fight to preview uh which is fine by me good for a good nice little break here we got a lot going on with uh other sports so nice little break for us after um how did our picks go this weekend they were clear we close we they were, were close on some big underdogs
0: yeah they were good so uh cory sandhagen holly Holm, nate Landwer, those were all wins um, we had Andrea Lee as underdog versus Macy Barber. It was a loss, but uh, I think it was a good value pick. You could argue she won the fight. It was close, close split decision loss for Andrea Lee there. The Alex Perez versus Manel Cape fight got canceled. And then we had Chidi Uh That was a loss to Albert Duraev. But in my opinion, that was, uh, should have been a win. So.
1: All right, yeah, maybe that's what we should start doing in the beginning sometimes, is just recapping our picks. Well, when we do good, when we do bad, I don't want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: All right, well, um, we'll get right back into it and start things off like we normally do with our take of the week, so go ahead and take us away.
0: All right, the uh, the judging in the UFC just has to be fixed. It's uh, it's absolutely insane that a judge could score the main event 48-47 for Cheeto Vera in that fight and have no repercussions whatsoever. I mean, w- there's no other job on the planet where you can fuck up as badly and as often as judges do and not have any consequences whatsoever. Um, and the unfortunate part about it is, uh, if I have a take, I-, I don't think the judging is ever going to be addressed or fixed, I feel like, at this point.
1: Yeah, honestly, I talked about this quite a bit because of uh, this being probably the most egregious example we've seen in a very, very, very long time. Credit to Chris Lee. He was one of the judges, and he wasn't the one who got it wrong this time. So, usually, he's Mr. Split Decision. Yeah. But he was in the majority this time. Um, uh, solutions to this. Why does it... I mean, we don't have to do anything crazy. Why can't we just get five judges?
0: Five judges? Or why can't we... Why, like...
1: Don't if they fire terrible judges?
0: Yeah. If there's such a bad scorecard, like, that should be a suspension. Or you should have to to do something, like some retraining, like, or he should have to, like, go, you know, if there's, like, a a scorecard that majority of people disagree with, like, and it's so far off from everybody else's, like, they should have to go in front of the commission and explain how they came to that scorecard or something, and they could explain to them why that shouldn't have been the case, like, and what they need to do to fix it. Like, there needs to be some type of ongoing training or something, some way to address these terrible scorecards. I mean, I, I get it, like, the 10-point must system, they say, is not the best system for MMA, but it's what we have. It doesn't seem like that is ever going to change, at least in the foreseeable future at all. So that's what we got to go with, and the judges just need to be better at properly utilizing it to score these fights. Like,
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And My thoughts are just not do anything crazy, just improve the system that's already there because I can see trying to get too crazy with it and, you know, changing things too much and then you can't go back so i here's a couple of questions i was talking about somebody with this recently the judges sit cage side right yeah i believe so they have no monitors i don't think
0: they have monitors i know like the broadcasters doing everything but
1: yeah because i remember here i was talking about this too like i remember hearing rogan say that they had to ask for monitors over and over for a long time
0: before yeah. they finally
1: got them and if you notice when dana sits cage side he also has a monitor that he watches the whole time Mm-hmm. Do the judges watch on a monitor, or do they have to rely on their own eyes in the cage?
0: I believe they don't have a monitor, but I don't know one hundred percent, so I know they're all spaced out differently, so like yeah you can and, see
1: them like sitting you can usually like just see their faces
0: yeah, and I guess like maybe that's why some are wildly different, like a bad if one judge has a bad angle the entire fight, maybe they're just way off, but uh still that's no excuse on this fight, obviously, but um yeah
1: definitely not on this one I was just and the other thing maybe the crowd can have a Have an effect on. I'm like, I almost think it would be better if they were like in a box somewhere.
0: Yeah, with a bunch of different angles watching the fights on the TV, no 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 commentary.
1: Yeah, no, uh, some kind of sound, maybe the sound of the fights, but no commentary. I don't know. Like maybe they could have their own setup where they can hear it, or maybe they're cage side, but they have two monitors.
0: Um, yeah, definitely no commentary. But and then like, I think another problem sometimes is the fans get into their like when there's like huge fan reactions and then just crickets when the other guy lands like that definitely that can definitely like persuade i think the judges to score it differently um so but then they need sound to kind of know when strikes land hard too so it's it can't be like they're not listening to any volume but um i think it could definitely be uh, improved upon whether it's like repositioning the judges having them watch tvs instead of you know, just sitting right on the cage side or, you know, just some type of like uh, some type of reporting type system and, you know, have some type of follow-up and explanations on why they scored it and then explanations back to them on why they fucked it up.
1: Maybe three strikes a year and you're pulled for the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this like, is their second job, right? Like they they don't just judge full-time. Like that's not the only thing they do or it is. Or maybe, um, not UFC. They probably judge because like – a bunch of them judge boxing and stuff too. They probably do an event every. Yeah, weekend. so
0: like they're like they're like, they're not hired by the UFC. They're hired by the athletic commission yeah. per state. So, but a lot of the judges are judging like in every state too. So it's kind of weird. I, don't I saw
1: the Amato and Chris Lee were the other two judges, and they're on like every other card.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, some of them might be professional judges because like especially they're doing boxing, and then say you know there's PFL, there's Trendival. all the yeah, and then got other the promotions, to you know. Event.
1: Um, the only reason I say that is because, like, a three strike rule and you're pulled from, say, the UFC for the year or something like that, like, we, you, something along those lines, maybe, where you can't, you can, you can keep judging boxing because you haven't screwed anything up yet, but you can't keep screwing up UFC fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. My other just, thing-
0: it just seems like sometimes some of the judges are just like, I only judge striking and don't include like wrestling or whatever. Like, they need to be like cognizant of like, so this is mixed martial arts. Like we, you gotta take everything into a yeah, f- account. Yeah, they don't. You know?
1: Yeah, they're not. They don't get to dictate just because they yeah, feel like it. What they think is most important in a fight. Do you think? And I'm only keeping this up because this is like my m- the only solution I've come with. Do you think five judges would be helpful, especially in like bad split decisions that we've seen? I mean, I
0: I could see it being helpful, and I could see it still getting fucked up just as much as it does too. You know, like yeah, it only takes uh, a couple um, bad judges.
1: But uh, I, I don't know. I just think.
0: Like three, just as easy it could be three bad judges as there's two. It don't. It just. It takes two bad judges now. Like
1: I guess you could get just as many screw ups as you could get corrections. It just seems like if they were all good and one just had a bad night, or two had a bad night, you still get three smart ones or three on their A game. I guess.
0: Yeah, maybe pay them a little bit better so they're like <laughs> legit professional judges. Like that's what like you know they spend all their time watching fights, scoring it, and like that's like you know so you their profession me,
1: you could pay me nothing and i could have judged tell you that Cheeto vera won zero rounds yeah
0: yeah <laughs> to say he won three rounds is insane like at, at best one round and i round don't know three, you, yeah
1: maybe I, and I don't even think so like i didn't think so either um yeah i don't i don't know it's one of those things where we just always come back to it and we're just always like what's the answer like i open scoring and stuff like that like i pretty much i've ruled that out in my own head like you can't
0: no, open scoring, I, I think, is a terrible idea, personally. I don't like it, yeah.
1: I don't like the idea of it at all. Um, it's a good idea. Like when the, when the concept comes out and you talk about it, it's like, oh, that's, that could be cool. Like Knowing you're down two rounds, maybe the first two rounds were close, and now you know you have to get a finish. It may be
0: yeah, so, but the thing, cool
1: stuff. But the thing
0: with that is one guy, you think it's like, okay, he knows he's down two rounds, he has to go for it. But the other guy has open scoring, too. Yeah, so he knows he's he knows up to. He's <laughs> up to and he's gonna do everything he can to just not lose the round, right? So yeah. it's like, it, yeah, one guy's gonna be going after it, and one guy's gonna be running away the whole time. At that point, like, would that or make much of
1: No, he can get a takedown, lay yeah. on top of him.
0: The only time that would lead to way better fights would be when it's tied one to one, and then they're gonna go after it in that in that third round, right?
1: Yeah, and I could, yeah, I, I just see it doing more harm than good. Also, I, we also then pretty much know when the round ends. Who wins the fight like i actually like when bruce buffer like when it's a close fight and you're like oh i'm not sure could be three two this way could be three yeah, 2 that way. yeah exactly
0: the anticipation right yeah
1: i like the excitement because in old boxing they used to actually say the scores they would just read them in order one after another you would hear the like there was no uh like big announcement on who won they would just say the three three judges so they might read so and so for this guy so and so for the same guy and then Like you, there was no, there was no like big dramatic reveal, which I think is the coolest part. So definitely. So yeah, I don't don't know what the answer is. I don't know. It just seems like they could do something where we wouldn't get like, how do you, how does this happen? And to be fair, this is the worst one I've ever seen. So
0: yeah, literally just doing something would be better than anything they're doing now because they're literally not doing anything to address the issue now. So just like the smallest thing would, would help, I
1: think at least a little bit. I agree um but you know we've probably talked about this at least I don't know every time a bad score the last one I can really remember that was just bizarre was when somebody gave Paul Felder a split decision over RDA yeah when he got mauled for five that was terrible that was Uh, was Chris Lee
0: was it I think so (laughs) yeah um but, uh, He's learned his lesson. Do you have anything on the, apparently, did you hear there's some drama about one of the ref, refs on the card?
1: Was it on this card or was it not, It was a Fury FC card.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, but he, so the he, night before.
1: He or, did Fury FC the night he before. He did Fury
0: FC and, com, like, almost got a guy killed, apparently. I haven't seen it, the fight. Yeah, but, I,
1: it was on my call. The judges were also on my call. So yeah. we're going to cover both of my calls right now. But, yes, he, uh, a guy got choked out completely unconscious um ref didn't stop it the guy who choked him out knew he was unconscious and didn't know what like he didn't stop it so he just switched to an arm bar the guy woke up in an arm bar and then just started tapping out immediately
0: oh my god so he didn't stop a fight when a guy was unconscious (laughs) totally
1: knocked out yeah
0: yeah and apparently he judged the ufc or he was a ref on the ufc card the very next day because
1: yeah was fury fc also in san antonio
0: Uh, or it was at least in Texas. It was quick enough for him to get to San Antonio. I think they were both
1: in San Antonio. um,
0: Yeah, so he – and, yeah, that's exactly the same thing with the the reffing, the judging and the reffing. It's like, okay, so neither of them have any accountability, right? Like, it's just like you could fuck up extremely – I'm going to make sure this is the right one. Yeah, you can fuck up extremely badly, and then you could just do your job again the next night. It's just absolutely insane
1: yeah all right here you go let's,
0: let's see this we'll take my live uh live accounting of it here so so he
1: gets him in a triangle a solid sound triangle
0: it's a weird one too It's like legs in it It's like legs up in it too
1: yeah i've you, never really seen you can tell he's out i'm not watching it. i'm holding my oh phone yeah up.
0: now he's completely out laying there getting armbarred <laughs>
1: and then he wakes up in an armbar and taps out
0: Oh, my, he's still out. Wow, he's still out. Now he's out. He's back. Now he's tapping. Not really. He Kind of, holy shit, this goes on forever.
1: (laughs) I know, that's what I was going to say. Jeez, he's
0: lucky he didn't break his arm.
1: I I wonder if the guy wasn't cranking. I wonder if he knew he was out, so he was just like, he's going to wake up and have to tap.
0: Oh, my God, that was awful. (laughs) Like, I could see, it was kind of hard to tell that he was out until he got the armbar in. Like, as soon as you see with the armbar in, you can tell that he's out, like... (laughs) Because it kind of transitions pretty quick. Like, he he goes out pretty quick, you know, but, like, and then to just sit there and watch while the guy just... just, He's just not fighting back.
1: It's crazy. I just... When I see those, two, I just wonder if they're, like, their judge is just frozen with, like, fear of don't stop it too early, but also, like, I think there's a problem.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that ref was thinking. It was pretty clear. I
1: didn't realize, though, he reffed the UFC the next day. Yeah,
0: he was refing the UFC the next day. And apparently he's, like, a no... He's never reffed a UFC card or anything, like... It's really weird. Like the states put them on it. Like, so I don't know. It's just bleed. Texas commissions, just idiots to begin with. So just bleed, just bleed. Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. So I'll move on to my take. It'll be a little shorter. Um, it sounds like Francis is going to sign with the PFL. That's what everybody's saying. Um, so I just wanted to jump in and say I think Francis' take of the week overplayed his, his leverage a little bit. I don't think the market for Francis' boxing was quite as big as he hoped for. No, because
0: well, he's an idiot. Here's the thing. With uh, him boxing, him being a draw in a boxing match was 100% tied to him being the UFC heavyweight champion. Yes. So once he leaves the UFC, and he's no longer the UFC heavyweight champion, just some guy, former heavyweight champion, that is nothing at the time, like, how do you sell that, right? Like, the UFC's not, if they're not co-promoting, he's no longer in the UFC, they're not going to do him any favors. They're not going to let him use that footage of him in the UFC knocking everybody out to hype the fight. Right. So like, what do you have to promote the fight? You don't have anything except for just like word of mouth. You know, it was just a terrible move. Um, You know, he just, he had to be like in the UFC to get a big boxing deal done. And he should have known that. Um, I don't think like him signing with the PFL and being the champ there, it's going to give him any, a big enough buzz to get a big boxing match either. Um, It kind of sucks like that. That's the one thing that I think the UFC should have should have gave way on. Like, um, you know, they wouldn't have had to guarantee him a boxing match, but But they should have been like the doors open if the right circumstance. Like, if you're the champion and the right circumstances come up for you to fight Anthony Joshua or you know or um,
1: Deontay Wilder or
0: Deontay Wilder or uh, Fury. Like, then will entertain the idea you know like because they've already let connor do it so what's the big deal about letting Len francis do it
1: yeah no and that's and they made a
0: bunch of money off it too right and they were all happy about it so what's the point of not letting uh if if the payday is there and it's as big as the the floyd connor fight then then what's the why wouldn't the ufc just say like that's an that's an option
1: yeah i would definitely it definitely turned into a ugly negotiation where they just both had this part ways not not on good terms but i thought that i thought they went out on decent terms i don't know how the
0: ufc takes it but i mean france didn't really badmouth them in any interviews afterwards he said no, like
1: and they they let him walk away yeah like, and they he let pra- him walk away yeah. i just know that that it all came down to that manager- the manager that dana doesn't like
0: well he got rid of him before that it was he wasn't even his manager at the time oh geez um so yeah he got rid of like they went their separate ways before that e before when they were renegotiating he Might have been representing himself, or he might have had somebody else. Um, But, uh, yeah, so he was gone with that manager, so that wasn't the roadblock anyways. It was just Francis. They wouldn't agree to his stipulations. And Francis even came out and said afterwards, he's like, I didn't have to have all three of these men. I just wanted them to give way on something. Like, and they refused to give way on anything, which I think the easiest one would have been, like, we're open to you potentially boxing. Like, not like you're guaranteed a boxing match, but, like, you know it's it's if it makes know, sense yeah if it makes sense for us to co-promote it like it's that's a possibility
1: yeah and hard to say you never know maybe dana wasn't as much of a curmudgeon as it sounded like he was but they i don't know it's just the whole thing's been weird to me ever since it happened
0: yeah i think personally i wouldn't be surprised to see francis back in the ufc
1: you do you hear relatively soon you have you have made that stake a few times so so
0: yeah i'm the way i'm looking at it right now right is if John Jones, he beats Cyril Gane, right? Say he beats Stipe. Yeah, That's going to be his Stipe. next fight, yep. right? Who's he, who's he fight next? What's a huge pay-per-view draw?
1: And that would probably be early 2024 when he fights again after beating Stipe.
0: Yeah, so maybe he does one year, signs a one-year PFL contract, providing he wins the PFL, which I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Um, I could see that opening the door Back for him to coming back to the UFC, getting paid shit ton of money probably, and fighting John Jones.
1: Everybody gets to say a save face too, because Dana gets to say this is the only right thing to do. This fight has to happen.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, he went out PFL champ or whatever. Like, bring him back, and yeah, and it's a super fight too. So, I mean, so that's, it's the fight that John Jones wanted. It's the fight you know, it's the fight that everybody wanted, and it and it happens. Like, because I think Francis kind of have the idea like all right well boxing's not a thing for me like unless maybe if i go back to the ufc and beat john jones then maybe something happens with boxing or whatever so
1: yeah and the clock is ticking on him so yeah maybe but yeah fair fair to say that you've been on the francis back to the ufc train for a little bit now and um hopefully that's what happens to be honest so right because who who's john Jones' big fight
0: i know there's nobody after he beats stipe it's like what do you sell um, like what? Curtis Blades, Tied to Ivasa. I don't even think he entertains um, any of
1: those guys. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think John takes. He retires before he takes those fights. Yeah, what's I think. the point? It's like Francis would be. It's Stepe and Francis, and then he's done. I think. Yeah, is the only thing that makes sense to me. Or, yeah, f- or Stipe and then he's done. Like, I, I don't. I don't take on Tied to Ivasa or any of those guys. Like, why would you risk?
0: Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, I, I guess he could easily probably walk through Tied to Ivasa, take him down.
1: Probably, but I wouldn't, I mean, he, on a good day, beats everybody, but every time you fight, you roll the dice that some freak thing's going to happen to you.
0: Yeah, especially at heavyweight, too. And like you're a guy like Ty with huge power, was, you know,
1: yeah, you, know connect and You roll the dice of losing that legacy on a guy that, you know, on, his, on a normal day, shouldn't even be in the gym with you. And, like, right. Stipe beats you, okay, Stipe's, beat, Stipe's found a way to beat everybody.
0: Yeah, he's the, you know, probably the GOAT in heavyweight yeah you it arguably as 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 for the sure. most accomplished yes. most title defenses
1: yeah and like uh, imagine a guy like sergey pavlovich or whatever just runs through john jones because he's john stumbles in the first 30 seconds still i think nine out of ten times john wins that fight but screw up once and then you're on that guy's highlight reel laying stiff like yeah no 90 percent of people have never even heard of that guy so who knows but um yeah i just think francis way overplayed his hand and uh i think we have more, more and more proof as time goes on that that's definitely the case. So um, you want to jump in and do this recap for our, uh, our fight card last week, UFC San Antonio?
0: Yeah, let's fly through it here.
1: All right. We had Cheeto Vera, Corey Sanhagen. Um, not much to discuss here. Pretty straightforward on what we expected. Um, two, two strikers. Corey's just more dynamic, quicker, not going to run out of steam. Cheeto relies on finishes. Corey's a hard guy to finish rocked him a couple times never really put him in any danger um I, he
0: like barely even rocked him he hit him hard a few times i wouldn't say yeah. he was like rocked not not really stumbled or anything he did get hit hard a few times but it was just cory Sandhagen all fight like i went yeah. through the numbers like he just dominated him man. um exactly what i expected marlon vera is a bum it's <laughs> it's official like i've been saying for a long time i'm vindicated once again it's been happening a lot recently i feel like um but uh you know first Cyril gone now uh marlon vera they're dropping one by one uh, um cory sandhagen perfect style to kind of exploit marlon vera's weaknesses Absolute worst matchup for uh, Vera. yeah it's like Corey sandhagen is nothing but volume stance uh you know stance switches and just laying it on guys and marlon vera is like trying to find the perfect spot that never happens he ends up throwing like four or five punches in a few rounds it's uh it was embarrassing a uh, it just looked like he could never get it going, and then what? The last ten seconds, he finally decides to fight. Like, dude, you could have done that all fight. Like you, yeah. Like Corey Sandhagen doesn't have huge finishing power with his hands, right? It's like you gotta get hit by an elbow or a knee, and like he wasn't really putting him in self in spots. Get really maybe elbow could have got rocked by, but not really knees. Um, so he really blew it. He should have been more aggressive earlier, but he never is, and that's what we knew. So that's why you know we we're pretty confident in Corey Sandhagen here and
1: makes you wonder was the win over Sugar Sean a a fluke reopen the case on that reopen the book on that one
0: I've always said I thought it was a fluke like you know you just you get a lake like that's what pissed me off about that one Chito Vera acting like like he planned that knockout like to hit that that little part of the knee like that just shuts (laughs) off your leg completely like he acted like it was like a calculated strike. No, that is never a calculated strike, man. Like that's it's just only been pure, done like five times. Yeah, it's just pure luck when that happens. So, um,
1: you know, I think O'Malley beats uh, Marlon Vera in a rematch. I don't know if it was as clear back then, but it makes you wonder now. Like, definitely reopen the book on it.
0: But yeah, a hundred percent, he beats him. I mean, you heard it here first. I think
1: Sandhagen versus O'Malley is probably the fight to make now.
0: Yeah, but Sandhagen calling out uh, Marab that's uh pretty ballsy but i you know if anyone's gonna do it i think it would be sandhagen uh cory sandhagen he has those knees and you know one thing you know is uh is that uh Mirab is gonna be ducking in to a lot of single legs takedowns which opens up cory sandhagen to land one of those devastating knees so and as much
1: as marab is a good wrestler like guys do get up from him for from, from every the time towns,
0: they get right up he's great at taking people down he's terrible at keeping them there so like it's not just like it's not one of those things where cory sandhagen if it's a five round fight has five opportunities to knee him because he's going to be on his back the rest of the fight after he gets taken wrestled after he gets taken down right he potentially has four five six opportunities uh, round. each
1: round yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's good for i'm glad cory sandhagen got a win too like uh it's always better when he's kind of in the mix here, um, and also with Mirab and Aljo and Cejudo, all this stuff going on at the top of the division. Like, you got to have a little bit of activity going on. So, um, we'll see who who they give him next. But like, I think Sandhagen versus anybody is a fun fight. So like, him versus O'Malley could be a good fight. Him versus Mirab could be a good fight. I think I heard them saying though that maybe Mirab is going to fight. Um, I just read this today, so let me just, Marab, Muradishiv... okay.
0: Who, who would he fight besides like Sandhagen? I feel like Sandhagen's the perfect fight for both of them right now. Um, I Murad, mean. I
1: don't remember because it should be somebody that.
0: It's not, not really the fight I would choose about Sandhagen, but, um, I mean, it seems like the best available because it seems like O'Malley's going to wait. For the winner of uh, Aljo versus Cejudo.
1: So, let's see. Oh, it was uh, Umar and made up, but that can't be right. That can't be. That cannot be correct. So, never mind on that. Um, Yeah, it's gotta be somebody. It's gotta be basically a title eliminator or an interim belt.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I still think my <laughs> little devious interim belt idea is the best idea. Yeah, of,
0: I think so too. Go. Yeah, but you can't, though because they want O'Malley to get the next title shot, so they can't make an interim until that fight's in place, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, That's true. Because you can't have O'Malley fight the winner of... Um, Triple C. Triple C and Aljo if there's, already, if there's a Mirab or Sanhagen true. Uh, interim fight.
1: That's true. They got a little bit of figuring out to do. They'll undoubtedly come up with something to uh, get their position best best suited for their position so um holly Holm versus yana kutinskaya slash yana santos um holly Holm. they are still showing her ronda rousey highlights all these years later dude boring as can
0: be i (laughs) mean it's impressive that she's still performing at the level she is but yana kutinskaya like yana santos um like you know she needs to do a little bit more training after having the the kid or whatever because um she, she does not look like as good of a fighter as she used to be. Um, but regardless, I don't want to take anything away from Holly Holm. She did look good. Um, she's using the wrestling she's now. She's a wrestler now, yeah. yeah. yeah which is kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, regardless, it was as boring a performance as we've ever seen from her.
1: So. Dude, Giannis Kunziskaya sucks. Yeah. She's never been good. She did and she's fought she fought cyborg for the title at one point, like in her first ever fight. Like
0: Yeah, she got her ass kicked, but she's she, never like, been good. Went for it decently. There was one or two fights there where she looked decent and then she got her ass beat by um giant chick, uh a Aver- Kitlin Ket- Vera, Vera. Yeah. And then she's looked like shit ever since.
1: Yeah, so not much to report there. I think, what was home, like a minus two-something favorite? Like
0: minus 200, minus 220 or something.
1: Yeah, easy dunk, slam dunk win, though. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Nate Landwehr, Austin Lingo. Nate Landwehr is really surging in the division. They say and he might have a fight coming up now, too. Jeez, um, my memory is just shot this week, so let me find Yeah, it.
0: no, he was on the MMA Hour calling a bunch of people out. And, and yeah, Nate Landwehr's the man, dude. He's the, uh, he's the new Platinum Perry, so...
1: Yeah, I like, these, uh, I like these promos he's cutting, too, like where he's...
0: Yeah, he's got some good pro wrestling style uh, promos, dude. He's a funny dude. And Dan uh,
1: Ege versus Nate Landwehr announced for UFC 289 June 10th.
0: Oh, sick, dude. That's a nice fight. Oh, yeah, he was saying on the MMA he wanted to fight him. He said he's fighting him for his 50K nickname because he's got, he's got oh, the bonus yeah. his last three fights, so uh, he thinks he should be 50K. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's kind of refined his uh, his microphone skills, because before he was just like a yelling hillbilly, and now he's got some... Yeah, now... Yeah. now he's got some Ric Flair type... Uh, yeah, right. Something about being handsome, which is funny, because he...
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot what he said. He said, like, three things. He said something like handsome, like Elvis or something,
1: and... Yeah, uh, he's like the evil... He said he was the evil Knievel of MMA.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then I forget one other thing, too, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty funny, dude. I, I still think he looks like the older Jack version of the uh, the kid from We Are the Millers, the redhead kid.
1: Oh, I think yeah. it's the hairline the or eyebrows, something. K- the eyebrows kid. Yeah. It, he does look like that kid.
0: Dude, yeah, doesn't he? It looks like if he put on like a bunch of weight and it was like 30 years old. He does look like
1: that kid, yeah.
0: I think it has a lot to do with the hairline, but...
1: Yeah, but yeah, he, uh, he got it done. You don't really see him in big favorite spots that often, and he was a pretty big favorite. I mean, he was pretty... He took care of business as he should have against Austin Lingo, but he was still uh he still put on a good performance and then had a good promo to cut. And uh he's one of those uh, he's like kinda like Darren Elkins is phasing out and now uh, Landwehr is phasing in. Like he is uh he's taking over as like the the dog that you can always count on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh yeah, I think he's like uh yeah, uh Darren Elkins platinum Perry mixture.
1: Yeah. Great combo, great combo. Uh, Andrea Lee versus Macy Barber. Um, We took a flyer on Andrea Lee. She was a pretty big underdog. Um, She looked good in this fight, uh, but did not get the split decision win here. She got the loss. But um, do you think that Macy Barber has taken any steps backwards, or do you think this is just where she always kind of was and she got favorable matchups early on?
0: I think it's where she always kind of was. Um, So she looks very good if she fights somebody that doesn't take her down, right? Like, she has to have the worst ground game i'm not like her ground game is that bad. Like she doesn't get submitted or anything when she gets to the ground her like jiu-jitsu is not terrible her defense as far as it goes but i've never seen someone so bad at getting back to their feet once they're taken down it's like as soon as she's taken down she just literally just lays on her back for the rest of the round and has
1: like no clue how to get up it's crazy yeah it certainly seems that way and i have to say i think i talked about this last week but like I don't remember what fight it was, but somehow Andrea Lee had, had a terrible fight that I saw, and I've not been able to like get it out of my head. And maybe it's because she does the key eyes, too. But either way, I've like just tried to bet against her every single time, and she's looked pretty good in her last few fights. So I uh, didn't bet against her this time. I actually took a flyer on her. So basically I lose every time every time she's involved. But um, I think I'm back to like a solid baseline with her where I can fairly judge her fighting abilities and not hold her terrible fight against her oh yeah you got the uh the that side kid
0: by side here
1: yeah the eyebrows kid from we are the millers what else is he's in something else too he's in like he's in a lot of stuff actually yeah
0: he's in a few things but
1: yeah he does look like Nate Nate Landry does look like him it's just <laughs> kind of funny I never thought Nate Landry would make it off the prelims to be honest with you even though he had won some fights and stuff he just seemed like a guy that was always going to be like a a gatekeeper, ga- a gatekeeper's gatekeeper.
0: Yeah, right. But now but he's,
1: he's, he's pulling out some dog wins, and then he's taking care of business when he's taking...
0: And he looks good, too. Yeah. Like he looks pretty well-rounded, so...
1: Yeah, and he's got that dog in him, so um, credit to him. And uh, maybe his uh, his doppelganger will get him some more press, too.
0: There we go. And then we got the Alex Perez versus Manel Cape fight canceled. Alex yeah, Perez plans it's because... Uh, a seizure Manel Cape says because he has a uh, abominable ab- what do you say <laughs> uh, um, D- DNA or something like <laughs> he has uh, you could basically call them weak and Cape uh,
1: also claimed that Perez had spies in his camp uh spies yeah like guys in, in the gym that were reporting back to Perez who knows maybe I think I, we haven't heard that accusation in a long time. I can't remember. I mean, obviously, Diaz brothers used to always come up with stuff like that. but um, And I know it's also happened, but um, we haven't, that used to be a more, way more common accusation. Do you remember when people used to like yeah, yeah, something used you to be heard all the time?
0: Like they'd say, like, someone went into their camp to give them yeah,
1: Spy feedback
0: them. and whatnot. But, yeah, that's something that we haven't really heard from in quite a while, right?
1: It's been a – it hasn't Yeah, it has not been near as prominent – seems like it would become more popular too because there's so many gyms now or there's so few big prominent gyms now so like all you have to do is switch to american top team and you could spy on half the ufc yeah or exactly. switch to whatever um you know you could go definitely go to jackson's and spy on holly holm and whoever's there still there or go to whatever aka go to whatever but here's
0: uh here's my capes uh Comment on, on Alex Perez pulling out the fight. Your DNA is an abomination. Unlike you, my DNA is from a fearless warrior coming from Queen Najinga Mambandi. My DNA has history. I kill by the sword and die by the sword inside the battlefield, you coward. Cowards die several times before their death.
1: Jeez, it's not that deep. It was oh. never that deep. He had a allegedly did have a seizure, so um has Prez ever pulled out of a fight? D2, I don't think you've yeah, never heard of him. Yeah, I
0: think he's like pulled out never like this close, but I know he's pulled out of a few but
1: maybe he's a coward. You never know. We'll see. All right, Chitty versus uh, Albert Duraev. Um another split decision. Uh it just didn't go the way I thought it would. Uh I th- actually thought Chitty would probably win by knockout. He's got that ton of power. He tends to hurt everybody he fights. He didn't actually ever quite accomplish that. So um, close fight, I kind of had a bad feeling it was going the opposite way. So while I did think Chitty probably I would scored it for him, I also was kind of biased in that fight.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of exactly how I kind of predicted the fight to go, but I just thought um, Juquani would probably get the finish in the second or third or just do enough to get win the decision. But um, I thought he won the decision. I thought it was close. I don't think it was a robbery or anything. But, you know, Dariyev, he's, he's pretty strong in the first round. He usually gets the takedown, and he literally can't attempt takedowns in the second or third round, really, because he will be completely gassed and not able to finish the fight if he does. So it's like you get one round of him being a solid wrestler, and then second and third, he's got to win striking. Second, I thought... So this is one of those ones where Chitty, I think he landed the more powerful shots the strikes were fairly even, I think, um, as far as like the significant strike count. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those ones where Dariyev, I think he got credit for some strikes that didn't actually land, that Chitty was getting out of the way of because he just had such a long reach on him and stuff. But um, mm-hmm. it was one of those things where judges, it was close enough on strikes. Chitty didn't like land anything that substantially wobbled him, but definitely did land the more powerful shots. But Dariyev was the one moving forward, and unfortunately in that situation where like it's supposed to go off damage and whatnot and um you know significant impact and i think chitty did have more of that for having about even strikes chitty had the more powerful strikes landed and whatnot but derive was moving forward and that isn't supposed to be taken into account whatsoever unless it's tied on every other scoring criteria but it just looks better to the judges and they don't even though they're not supposed to take into account I, i think they do a lot of the times
1: yeah either way like like i think you you said it, like shady could have done more in the second round especially
0: third round he did quite an, i think enough like i think it was a clear third round win for him but it was the second round that was just a little too close for comfort and he should have turned it on a little bit more and he could have easily won the fight i think he's a little hesitant after getting taken down from a kick throwing a kick in that first round so but derive it completely abandoned even trying to take him down so he could have been a little bit more open with the striking and i think he would have easily won the decision if he did
1: yeah so two split decisions otherwise we would have had a big 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 night yeah um yeah so anything else on ufc san antonio i thought it was a pretty cool event um again, yeah i mean dude i want to go to san antonio it looked pretty sick like the uh it's a great city. The downtown
0: and stuff i've never been there have you
1: yeah it's got that really cool river walk um it's just a really nice probably probably my favorite city in texas
0: really better than austin better than i've never been to dallas been to austin and houston though
1: yeah um in fairness i haven't spent a bunch of time in any of those places but um i just on first impression i like the san antonio Riverwalk is like one of the coolest nicest like uh like downtown type things. yeah yeah that you can that you could ask for so yeah it looked like a cool place um yeah it was a good card um yeah uh it's nice that they're back on the road too that's what i was trying to get around to like every time they go to a new place you can like i just like seeing images of the city i like seeing yeah it's just a really nice uh yeah it sounds like the apex
0: is done so we'll have uh, a lot more of this to come thank god
1: yeah they held on to the apex way longer than they should have yeah it's about time yeah i'm with you on that so yeah now we got a little break but we have uh We'll have, uh, what, the next one's going to be UFC 2, whatever, Adesanya, UFC Miami, basically.
0: Yeah, 287 or, two, or is it 289?
1: 287 because I think Usman was 286.
0: Yeah, it's 287. So, yeah, we got Pereira versus Adesanya, Gilbert Burns versus Masvidal, Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez, Kevin Holland versus Santiago Ponzanibio.
1: Kevin Holland's a huge favorite in that fight.
0: Really, that's kind of interesting.
1: Uh, I think I saw. I think I checked that out yesterday. I was like, "What?"
0: Kelvin Gaslam versus Chris Curtis, he, Kiesa
1: versus Lee Jingliang. Even money on the C- Chris Curtis versus Gaslam fight.
0: Oh wow! Uh, Chris Barnett versus Chase Sherman.
1: I think Damn. that uh, Chris Barnett's a decent underdog.
0: Really, I'm. I'm going Chris Barnett on that one.
1: Yeah, he made you a believer. Yeah, he did. He's
0: the man. <laughs> Yeah, there's some good fights on. That's a pretty stacked pay-per-view. Not
1: really stacked. Uh, that's why I'm fine having a week off. Like I'm happy I'm happy letting other sports take over for a week and uh
0: Yeah, I might have to put in some time studying for this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's some uh there's I mean, just like which Gastelum shows up because Chris Curtis probably beats the version of Gastelum we've seen recently, right?
0: Yeah, but then Chris Curtis doesn't show up all
1: the time either. Again, like that's, yeah. there's been
0: a few fights recently where he you know, he came in storming, and you see, and then there's been a few fights recently where he has not. He's kind of just sat back and wait. He couldn't get
1: anything going against uh, Jack Hermanson. Yeah, nothing at all. He looked terrible. To be fair, Gaslam looked way worse in his Jack Hermanson fight when he got yeah. s- submitted by knee bar in like 30 seconds. That's true. So I guess it's tough. It's just, uh, it's just a, a coin flip on which guy shows up and which guy doesn't. Could be a banger still, though.
0: Yeah, it really, very well could be. Well, I'm interested to see that fight for sure.
1: And then Holland versus Ponzinibbio is interesting too, two wild men. Yeah, yeah,
0: that one could be crazy.
1: So, anyways, we'll save that for next week. Uh, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves, so we'll just jump into our uh, our our quick segments here. I got uh, I think it's a odd number week, so it's my turn. My um, Isn't He Awesome this week. The Iceman, Chuck Liddell, he's up training with and coaching um, – uh Alex Pereira really yeah uh the if anybody's wondering what the um he could get knocked out holding pads for Alex Pereira <laughs> yeah. dude how chinning he is he could get knocked out sitting across the room but to the if anybody's wondering the connection there um Chuck liddell and Glover Glover Teixeira were tr- long-time training partners oh, at okay. the pit in uh at the pit in uh southern california and I'm assuming those guys had really beat the crap out of each other for years because that's all they did was spar hard. But uh, there's this picture that just got posted, that Pereira just posted of him, Pereira, with the Chuck Liddell Mohawk and GOATEE. It looks pretty good. Dude, it's a scary looking dude. If he shows up like that, I feel like he's. It's
0: game over for
1: Adesanya. It's, it's a good look for him, though. Like, it doesn't look stupid at all.
0: No, no, definitely. I,
1: I, I, and yeah, I'd have to show you. If you see the video of Chuck coaching, like I, I hate to say this, like my, isn't he awesome is genuinely sincere that I love Chuck Liddell and it's cool to see him doing stuff, but like he doesn't look like the same guy. He doesn't sound like the same guy. No, so, I
0: feel like he hasn't looked like the same guy for a long time. No. no,
1: no. And it's like, it's almost like he's there. Like, a, it's like a cer- ceremonial thing.
0: Oh, for sure. Probably.
1: So good to see him in the gym. Like you said, probably shouldn't be get any get any ideas the crazy thing is the guy fought like what two years ago
0: yeah i hope he's not sparring putting in sparring rounds for spray
1: i don't know th- well, <laughs> if if we as glover's as good of a guy as we think he is i don't think he would let that happen <laughs> yeah it's literally glover's gym so he probably invited him out for you know the sake of uh niceness talk about two guys that were two different they trained together fought together all that everything i mean uh, chuck's quite a bit older but Glover went on a run late in his career where Chuck's late in his career just totally fell off. But um, good to see him in a gym, getting some credit. Probably makes him feel good after all the stuff he's been through with uh, you know, kind of not having his one thing that was his identity for so long. So shout out Chuck Liddell. Uh, Call out was the judges and the the refs. Just a total bad week for judges and refs. Uh, We had our ref let a guy die, and then we had not literally but close, and then we had our judges just totally out there winging it. Um, I don't know which one was worse because what that ju- what that ref did was basically the equivalent of what that judge did.
0: Yeah. Who was,
1: who was more egregious in your opinion? Because it, it very well may have been the judge.
0: It would be hard. I feel like it's just hard to call it the judge because the ref... The like, ref let
1: a guy die. Yeah. Almost.
0: Like, if that guy would have, like, Put that arm bar in more. He could have just broken an unconscious guy's arm if he wanted to. And it would have been all that ref's fault. He could have
1: done worse. He could have held on to the kept holding on to the choke. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it takes like five minutes to actually choke somebody out to death. Like to ha- you gotta cut it off for like way longer than the movies, but um, so but it was definitely like two to three minutes. He could have gotten halfway there for sure. He could sure. have landed
1: a couple bombs, he could have done a lot of stuff. Yeah,
0: right. What if he would have just started
1: throwing some uh, some ground and pound on him, unconscious, dude. So I mean, if Curtis Boyd survived after Derek Lewis landed the unconscious punches on him, I think anybody can survive, but still not good. Yeah, exactly. Well, like I said, like weighing those two guys, the judges, what the judge did versus what the ref did, it's hard to say like who is worse at their job.
0: Both, yeah, they're both, both both terrible, both very bad at their job. So,
1: and you have to think both incompetent. Maybe it was a one time thing for both of them because I've never heard either of their names before. So maybe, but like that, both of them were in scenarios where one time is too many. Yeah, for sure. So I'll turn it over to you though. Who do you got this week for your call and your shout out?
0: All right. Isn't he awesome? We're doing MLB opening day. Beat the streak has started. Oh my god. Huge fan. Did you did um, you put your picks in? Today? Oh yeah, I got my picks in. Let's see how we're doing. I already got my first guy, I doubled down, you know. I'm I'm a madman with a double down. So isn't
1: that your only chance of beating it? Like, what what have we come up? What have you come up with after?
0: No, I think the best way to beat it is years. to go one one a day. But I'm just way too impatient to go sixty something you're, days. You're trying to run. rush it to
1: get like a twelve, and then you can then you're and then start, start going yeah.
0: to one. Yeah. So um, it looks like I'm gonna go. So I picked uh, D- Rafael Devers Devers and Michael Brantley. But it doesn't look like Michael Brantley's playing today because he's still 0 for 0, and I know that game's at least in like the fourth inning or something. So, um, but uh, Devers he went 2 for 5. So I think I'm gonna have a one game streak going after today. Um, You gotta beat who is it? Who's got the 56 game? Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. So basically, if you haven't heard of it, um, beat the streak of 56. So I think you got to get 57 if you. You can pick any player in the MLB each day. You can either do one or two picks. As long as they get a hit, then your streak goes. If you get, if you can pick 57 players in a row that get a hit. It does. You don't have to pick the same guy. You can pick a new guy every day. Then you win 5.6 million dollars. So,
1: it sounds so easy.
0: Yeah, it what, sounds like What's free your record? Of, I think the most I ever got to, to was like 20 something, 22, 23, or something. And
1: what's the closest to beating it? Fifty.
0: Uh, somebody came super close. I think it's like fifty-eight or something. It's like the all-time. Like man, imagine losing after a fifty-eight-game streak or whatever. Hold on, I can find it right now. All-time. Oh, fifty-one. Yeah. So
1: he was one yeah, within 51.
0: five. Yeah, fifty-one. Yeah, you got to get to fifty-seven. Yeah. Uh, Two people have gotten fifty-one. It sounds
1: so easy, and it's just all you have to do is pick a go- one guy who gets a hit that day, and it's just. I think my record was like 14.
0: Yeah, it's way, way harder than it sounds. It sounds incredibly easy, and it is not easy whatsoever. So,
1: Yeah, but it sounds like you're going to start off uh, – right now you have a chance of go, getting a 162 streak. Yeah, you never know. Get it on the first day. Um, yeah, so we'll all be pulling for that. Um, and also, let's see, we got um,
0: – so Corey Sanhagen, got to give him a shout out for uh, taking out my me. arch nemesis uh, Cheeto Vera. Um, I feel like he's got the uh, the evolution of Dominic Cruz, this style.
1: He does, and he's so much longer, and he's a little more uh, he's a little more dynamic of a striker. Yeah,
0: he's got he's so he's added in like the knees and kind of like explosiveness that Dominic Cruz kind of lacked, but along with the stance switches and just unconventional unconventional style of striking. So, and, um, I mean, Cruz's wrestling was probably a little bit better, but it looks like Sandhagen has added that wrinkle into his game. Yeah, he he had quite a few takedowns versus Chito Vera and mixed it up, and I think it kind of – that kind of got into Chito's head a little bit too. So, um, he didn't – maybe even that kind of further delayed him in opening up because it took him until, like, the fifth round. So, he's worried about getting taken down too. So, yeah, I think Corey Sandhagen is just, like, the next – Next step in Dominic Cruz style. So, um, and a way more exciting, better version of it. So, yeah. Nate the Train Landwer, we'll give him a shout out. The, uh, can we say Wigger on air?
1: <laughs> I think so. The,
0: <laughs> the UFCs, Token Wigger. I feel like they can only have uh, have one at a time, you know? <laughs> Platinum
1: Perry was holding it. Well, yeah. Platinum Perry was African, though.
0: Yeah, Platinum Perry. Well, I guess he was. Uh, yeah, I mean, aren't we all a little bit though? I think for the most part, most of us. But uh,
1: if Tyron Woodley gives you the the N word pass, then you you must uh, you must be you're doing something right. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, Nate the Train has took picking up the slack where uh, Platinum Perry left off, and uh, got to give him a shout out for that. He's got some sick promos. So um, you know, right now I feel like Nate Landwer and uh, my guy and Nato Moicano are some of the Lay down some of the sickest promos in the game, Absolutely.
1: Dude. Moicano is totally underrated. He money may, Moicano. He may, be the best in the, he may be the best.
0: Big stakes, big checks. <laughs> <laughs> when he I was in money. Texas. Yeah, that was a great one. Uh, and then Alex Pereira. I'm going to take down another one of my uh, rivals in Israel Adesanya for the second time in a row. So let's go.
1: Adesanya was an OG rival of uh, JLT. He blocked our Instagram account right away. Right away. Because we made a joke about anime on the Instagram account.
0: Yeah, so... I never...
1: Didn't tag him nothing. I don't know how... How did he even... You didn't tag him or nothing? No, he's just soft. How did he find out about it? He's soft. I don't know.
0: He's just looking for any hate against anime and blocking whoever hates on anime?
1: I guess so. I don't know.
0: Because he's not even following us or anything. So how does that even come across him?
1: I don't know. Let me see if we're still blocked. Didn't we tag John Jones in it or something? No, I commented on a John Jones post about banning anime from MMA. And then I posted a ban anime from MMA, like the sign guy, except I put my head on it. So I don't know how it went from that to that, but that's. There was a while there where we were pushing to ban anime from MMA strongly, which and I'm still should... all for that, but let me see if I'm still blocked we're still blocked i feel like the anime
0: is kind of fading out a little bit so well it was never cool so definitely not
1: let me see style bender i don't think he's unblocking us so i'm, I'm assuming we're still blocked <laughs> yeah he's not popping up so we're definitely still blocked yeah not cool
0: yeah that just shows you how incredibly soft this guy to fi- is.
1: yeah it's not like a sick brag it's like how did he find like he's looking that deep to block people yeah like
0: we shouldn't be nowhere on his radar, but some somehow yet he's blocking us for making a joke about anime that wasn't even directed towards him. Like that's just because we uh, at John Jones or something like, no, I commented. on John Jones
1: liked it as what well. That's that. John was, Jones
0: liked it. So he saw it. It yeah. showed up on his timeline. Cause John Jones liked it probably. Yes. Cause he, yeah. So that's how we got to it. Yeah. Most likely
1: still totally uncalled for.
0: Very, very uncalled for. And, uh, yeah, so Izzy Adasanya, we'll give him a, um, a a call out here, I guess. Uh, unblock us. We um, we'll still be hating on anime, but um, <laughs> you just you owe us that. You owe us to unblock, and uh, we didn't do anything to you. Um, anime sucks, and get over it. Alex Perez, about to put your lights out again, and uh, it doesn't matter if you block us, because you're just gonna be after you get put out again, you're gonna be blocked from relevancy for life. So uh, whatever, <laughs> just leave us blocked. It doesn't matter. Uh also calling out game bread boxing. Um this is the most ridiculous thing ever. It is gonna absolutely tank. Um if I, I can't imagine that uh Jorge Masvidal is actually putting up put up a lot of money into this thing. It just seems like somebody with actual money like gave it's him like, let me use your let name. Let me use your name. Is and, this
1: the is this the Pettis versus Roy Jones?
0: Yeah, this is Pettis vs. Roy Jones. This Aldo is Aldo vs uh, Jeremy Stevens, and then there's one other decent one on it. Um, yeah. So it's actually like, I mean, that Aldo versus Jeremy Stevens is pretty interesting.
1: That's actually a decent fight. Yeah. I think Aldo's going to smoke him, but that's actually a decent fight. Yeah, if It's it funny, though, because Aldo has already outboxed Stevens in MMA. Like, they fought once, and he beat him with a body shot.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, Aldo's going to smash him. If it wasn't my arch nemesis, I might look into it. But get this. He's not even going to go to the fights. Like,
1: Is he's, it this weekend? It's
0: this weekend. He probably should I was going to
1: say, he probably should be training in camp. Yeah, weird, but, weird timing, though. Clearly, yeah. he's not that involved.
0: Yeah, it's like he put it on this weekend because it's a, a weekend that the UFC isn't on, but he forgot the UFC doesn't go on this weekend because he's, you're competing against the Final Four. so oh, true. You know, he's going to be watching your, your shitty box promotion. So, you know, if Masvidal does have significant capital in this, um, he's going to be have to be fighting in the UFC for a long time to recoup <laughs> his money, I feel like. Um, so... Uh, yeah, that's that. And then the judge that scored uh, the main event for Cheeto Vera—you must be the ultimate Cheeto Dick rider, and uh, you need
1: to get out of the game of judging. Couldn't have said it better. Um, yeah. One last thing about uh, uh, Masvidal. two losses in a row. If he loses, the, if he, if this event tanks, and he fights Gilbert Burns next week, monumental collapse.
0: Monument. I mean, he's already been in in the course of a monumental collapse, but it's. Even worse. I mean, he needs to win this fight to have any shot of remaining
1: re- relevant. So, true, hundred percent true. So, you want to give out your final four takes before uh, we wrap things up? We're going with. Uh,
0: I'm pulling for uh, what's Florida Atlantic or whatever to go all the Dude, they're, way. They're, that's yeah, my big man. That's my team. They're they, like a
1: mini NBA team.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. How I how don't really get how they could the possibly radar? have that good of a team like. uh, i know
1: everybody's allowed to pay everybody now so it's not like they're just cheating the most
0: yeah it's uh, like they wouldn't have any money to cheat if they could i mean i think that 7-2 dude they had must just be one of those guys that was like a late bloomer and they got kind of lucky
1: yeah they look like a mini nba team um how did you do in your bracket because i have a serious extra grind. i would like to go back to call outs real quick calling out texas texas was my winner all the stars aligned for me to win every bracket I was in because I picked Texas to win it all, and everybody else got smoked in the first couple weeks. And it looked like Texas was gonna, you know, dance their way into the final four and have a good shot at winning it all. I was gonna look like a genius. Uh, most brackets are done now because nobody had any of these teams in the final four. If you do, you're that's weird. Yeah. Um, you're probably just picking based on mascots or random guesses. Um, so Texas blew what a 13 point lead against Miami.
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, so I mean, oh well, just another year of me making the right choices and have the wrong things happen. But and I didn't even watch much college basketball this year, so I can't complain too much. But I uh, the stars aligned for me to win my brackets, and it just I got it ripped away from me. Yeah, so, it's
0: pretty interesting year how there's like no good teams. Like I mean, it, there was never any like huge. We were
1: misled about UConn though, because I was looking at this and they, they said only there's only like six. Top 100 recruits in in the final four, playing in the final four, and five of them are at UConn.
0: Oh, so they're a good team. So they
1: were stacked all along. We just didn't know. They must have just underperformed all season. Also, UConn, every six or seven years, you've got to pencil them in because they just, yeah, they find a way. The pretty solid team. Kemba Walker year, the Shabazz Napier year. I think the Kemba Walker year, they were an eight seed. Uh, the Shabazz Napier year, they were not ranked very high. They sneak in every once in a while. So I'm not too surprised about them. Um when they do find a way to do it.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we got some interesting uh some interesting basketball matches. We don't talk much basketball on here, but uh yeah, it should be a fun final four. So I'm pulling for the Florida Atlantic, gotta go for the underdog, right?
1: Do you think this year there's been more games blown by bad decisions than previous years?
0: Like bad ref.
1: Just jobs. bad ref, but like ba- bad 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 oh,
0: coaching and stuff too. Bad
1: coaching and then like just bonehead um maneuvers. Uh, like Creighton, for example, probably shouldn't have fouled San Diego State. Oh
0: yeah, that was terrible. But
1: the, the possession before San Diego State threw the ball to Creighton under their own basket for a layup.
0: Yeah, that was the worst game I've ever seen. I was that's one of the that's, but that's, games that I watched. It was like they went for like five minute stretches where neither team scored. Like, that's
1: what I'm talking about, though. Like, is this the worst? Like, so like that that Kansas State versus Michigan State game was awesome, and that little tiny guy was awesome. Yeah, but why did he keep pulling thirty footers? Every, to, time he threw a di- every time he threw a pass, he got an assist. Every time he shot, he bricked. That's
0: just like that. You know, you always go, you go play some pickup basketball. There's always that one guy who thinks he's... Uh,
1: but he was, so, he was unreal. He had 20 assists. He set a record.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, you know, there's, the guy that can pass the ball always wants to be the guy that can yeah, score. Yeah, he though, wanted you know? to call
1: a game really bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I don't know. It probably happens every year. I just probably watched it a little, a little differently this year. But that San Diego state Creighton game is the one I'm talking about, like, both teams deserve to lose that game. But, yeah. And it's not because they aren't good teams. They, they were fighting to get into the Final Four. But it was the
0: ugliest game of basketball I've seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, so I don't know, but crazy Final Four. Is this because of the NIL stuff? Is this because of the AAU world where all these guys are just picking the school that's going to get them to the NBA, not really the school they think is going to win? Hard to say what's going on right now, but this is a bizarre Final Four.
0: Yeah, it is. It's definitely one of the more interesting years in college basketball where – you know, there's just always the four powerhouses usually, and most, you know, this year we got zero. Yeah, no powerhouses, and there was never even like powerhouses all year. You know, it's not like there was powerhouses going out. The, like, yeah, Houston which they, was
1: the number one most of the season,
0: which they aren't a powerhouse either. So yeah, it was a weird, weird year. I guess maybe people are thinking it's more if you're one of the top players, like the five best players, like going to Duke or something, isn't as profitable as like. Being the number one guy at a different school, exactly. Because you
1: only want to be there for one year, and you want to get paid while you're there, and you want to go to the NBA.
0: Yeah. So like, if you could, if you're like, could be the second or third best guy on Duke, but be the first best guy on Houston, Houston or whatever. You'd rather go there. Memphis. Yeah. Any of those teams.
1: Exactly. So. So I don't know what the odds are, but you're going you're riding with Florida Atlantic.
0: I'm riding with them. Screw it.
1: All right, I'll throw it on a future bet myself on Florida Atlantic. I trust your judgment here. Um, I don't really know who else I would pick. Um, it's probably gonna be Connecticut. I feel like, but insane though, if Florida Atlantic wins the national championship. I know
0: that's. I just want it to happen. Like they'll never Florida Atlantic. It's the first time they've ever been in the tournament.
1: They'll never ever. That'll be the headline forever for Florida Atlantic. Like, well, it's like when you walk into a random school and it's like 1959 state champs. Like yeah. that's when it'll be like. Like thirty five years from now
0: exactly
1: and people be like wow why do they still brag about that but they that's what it'll be for sure or like when you hear about like a rose bowl champion from like 1918 and it's like (laughs) some random school that like hasn't won anything in decades that'll be it oh florida
0: atlantic will be on the on the upswing if uh if they can somehow pull this off imagine their enrollment
1: too like this is big money for them oh huge so, yeah, we'll pull for them. We'll throw on a future bet for them. They actually do have a solid team. Like I said, they look like a mini NBA squad out there.
0: Yeah, pretty pretty crazy that they can put together a squad like that. Yeah,
1: for sure. All right, then, we can wrap things up. Um, no fights this week, so nothing uh, good. Lo- I'll say, do you want any fights to enjoy? But unless you're watching... Uh, I think
0: there's a PFL card that's decent.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. There's a game-bred fight. There's a game-bred card. So I will say, uh, enjoy Link the Shane fights. Burgos if fighting. If you watch Marlon Moraes fighting and Tiago Santos fighting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just so. remember
1: that. Yeah, so a bunch of, you know, aged-out UFC guys, kind of the bell tour maneuver. But yeah, Marlon Moraes, that's a good one to tune into because I think he's a big underdog and he has a habit of rocking guys early and then fading. So... um I don't know if I, you could, you, if you're betting PFL though, like you're kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. Especially, yeah on, sure.
1: especially on a March Madness weekend. There so. might
0: be money to be made there of just like knowing PFL really well. Like I doubt the sports books are as on top of it as they are of UFC and they're, True, and there could be. Thiago
1: Santos has looked terrible in his last like three fights. Yeah. He's probably still getting some credit because he's probably fighting. I think he was an underdog, but I don't know if he was a big underdog.
0: Yeah, maybe that's, a, maybe that's something to look into. Start watching PFL heavy.
1: All right, you convinced me. So enjoy the fights because um, we'll be watching PFL and betting on it. Um, good luck on your picks because you'll be betting on PFL. And um, good luck on your uh, Madness picks and in your brackets. If you still have anybody alive, that'd be crazy. But um, we'll see you all next week. Peace.